Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is going on, boys and girls? Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. It's your boy Armando. As always, got a great episode for you today. Didn't hear a can opening. I got, I still got some of those Modelos that a friend of mine brought me um, in bottles and some Hennekins. That was a, this is the last one of my Modelo beers. So if you didn't hear the can opening, you probably heard the bottle opening. So that's a new thing. A couple of brand new things um, here in with me. First of all, I gotta I'm gonna put it out there because I'm I'm gonna need all your help. You gotta help hold me accountable for this. I am currently at 212 pounds. That is like 20 pounds what I should be weighing at my height, which is 5'11". I should be somewhere in the mid-180s. And I recorded, uh, I did a live show. I don't know if you all saw it. The audio wasn't good. It's actually was going to be what this episode was going to air. But the audio didn't come good. We had to... um, Improvise a lot in iCast. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I did an interview with Fred Contai, the rod designer for Douglas. It was a great interview. Unfortunately, um, the audio was not good. But that's not the point. The point is that I saw myself on that video with my big beer belly, and I'm like, I need to do something about this. So I'm currently at 212 pounds. The goal is to get to at least 190. So every week that I record, I'm going to give you an update. And if I'm not losing weight, feel free to troll me, to bash me publicly on social media. By the way, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under Bass Kayak and Beers. Um, You can also email me. If you have ideas for the show, if there's anything that you want to listen, any guest, anything that you want me to cover on the podcast, feel free to message me through social media, or my email, Bass Kayak and Beers, and give me some constructive criticism. What can I do better, and what am I doing good that you love about it? So, anyways, we're going to get to 190. I'm not going to set a timetable. I just want at least every time I record that I lose four or five pounds. 
you know, until I get to 190. So we'll see. Anyways, we got a great episode for you today. I got Brian Chiller, the OG, the godfather for Bass, well, not Bass Kai, just for Paddle and Fin Network. And we both, along with Jimmy Skinner, we were at iCast. And um, like I said, the interview that I did with uh, Fred Contai from Douglas Rod was supposed to be this episode, but again, the audio wasn't good. So what I did is Brian was nice enough to join me tonight. He's a very busy man. Um, to talk about what we loved about iCast and the products that we saw, the products that we love, and what we didn't like as far as products out there in iCast. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Before we get into that, always uh, the Waypoints commercial are coming up. But before that, big thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to Douglas Outdoors. Check out their full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and Fly Fishing Rods. We'll go to a quick Waypoints commercial, and we'll bring Brian... The Killer Schiller. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Brian? What up, brother? Thank you for joining me, man. I know you're super busy. Dude, so I appreciate it. I uh, I had the same thought after seeing a few photos of me at iCast. I was like, dude, I have let myself go. <laughs> and like, I like, well, and it was funny because we were at the new canoe house, right? Uh, after the show i think it was it was either tuesday or wednesday and like after the show we would all go back to the house and i would have to upload and like edit some stuff um to go up on the new canoe pages and uh, our guy shout out to will reed awesome photographer took some great photos of me and uh in the rest of the guys and i'm like dude like, can you do you get a shot where you're not getting a side profile of my gut <laughs> and he's like oh you you don't like that i got some photoshop tricks for that and he like shrunk it down dude and i look like i uh, i was like dude i don't need to rap look pit like, i get no dude i was like i look like i'm from ethiopia and haven't eaten in like two months you know like dude like but uh it, it was funny but like i was like dude i got in and it's funny because uh uh i think it was it was saturday night after the show uh we a couple of us went up to Gunnersville to fish and John raps like, dude, you need to do something like, I don't mean to harp on you. And I'm like, trust me. I know like I'm overweight. I need to chill out on that. And I smoke like a chimney. So I need to like scale back on that too. And, and uh, yeah, so I'm right there with you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to good old John rap to sugarcoat things, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I was like, trust me, dude, it's uh it's something I've been thinking about. And I was actually like eating somewhat really well um going up to iCast and then like I knew iCast, I just I wasn't gonna be able to control it. I was gonna be eating out, so I like yeah. splurged and I was just like, Oh now I'm back home and like trying to eat healthy again. So hopefully I can drop some weight too. Yeah, same thing, man. Like, I've been meaning to get, but I was like, iCut is coming up, and I know it's going to be, you know, 
walking, uh, running, the eating junk food. So like, I'll just wait till I get back from my cast. But anyways. Yeah. yeah. I definitely didn't have my speedo body ready for. <laughs> Some of your body's gone <laughs> too late. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about the, you know, what we both liked and love about iCast. I know I got a couple of things that I wanted to mention, but I want to start off with you because you had like front row seats to that, what do you call it? The build-off, you know, the competition between yeah. Romel and I forgot the name of the other gentleman. Uh, me it was uh, Romel uh, Labrador, a.k.a. the Wizard, Wizard Works. Romel's the guy that builds all of Greg Blanchard's kayaks, so I'm sure everybody listening has is, is seen Romel on one of Greg Blanchard's uh, YouTube videos. Um, he's out there in California, and then Fletch Griffin from uh, Westbrook Supply Co. Everybody remembers Westbrook Wednesday with Scott Butcher. Yep. Where are you at? Where are you at, Scott? And uh, and uh, you know, New Canoe didn't really come out with anything new this year, so to speak. Like we launched the Unlimited last year, so that was kind of our our big release last year. This year, um, you know, we we kind of focused on all the stuff we have and uh, really spotlighted that stuff. So it was kind of cool that um, Blake and some of the other guys were like, let's have a build off, you know, cause we knew Fletch was going to be hanging out in the booth with us. Um, Romel always flies in, he works with Newport vessels. So we were like, Oh, let's spotlight you know, each of the hot motors, right? So Fletch built a kayak based around the XI-3. Uh, Romel built one based around the Newport Vessels because he works for Newport Vessels. And uh, they kind of had a build-off, and they trick, tricked them out real nice. And, um, you know, we kind of did a spotlight video of each of them, you know, actually putting the kayaks together at the show. Fletch definitely got a jump on Romel because Fletch drove down from Georgia. So he did most of the building at his shop, whereas Romel flew in from California and he was building a boat that he couldn't really drill holes in and stuff like that. So, but what he did without doing that was pretty badass, you know? Yep. Um, so those guys kind of went head to head and, you know, kind of put uh, all their blood, sweat, and tears into it, and uh, super cool build outs. And then we let the people vote, and I forget how many hundreds of votes we had. I think we had like 350, 400 votes or something. Wow. And uh, Romel won um, because he, he intermixed some pretty sweet technology into it. Um, so, like, like a quick run through, like Fletch did the XI3 on the front and he used, um, I think it's called battery puck or something like that. So like where your normal quick disconnect motor guide, uh, mount would go under the XI3 instead of like having it, that little U bar that slides in it actually, there is a U bar, but the, instead of it dropping on top, it slides in and it's got uh, battery plugs. Um, so it's completely hidden, seamless. You don't see any wires or anything like that. So that was really cool. And then uh, they had the new canoe gear pod right behind that. And they wired up a Bluetooth radio in it with like two, yeah. spe two speakers. Um, 
going back towards the seat he had like a led digital battery readout he put a car horn in it yeah so like everybody that. was pushing the horn button as they walked by um he had a big uh yak gadget crate uh that's kind of like a prototype for yak gadget uh, mm -hmm. where like the battery goes in the bottom and then you can fit 3700 boxes on the top and then he had the new canoe foot steering with the rudder in the back and that was basically it i think for his and then jumping over to romel's build he did some really tricky wiring where he put a siri in the boat and it mounted up by the gear pod um so he would sit and he uh put navigation lights and um deck lights mounted in that gear pod so he'd say hey siri turn on the navigation lights and they'd pop on yeah same, same thing with the deck lights uh in true romel fashion he did his own custom fish finder mount um i think that was it for the the road. shallow anchor was siri activated too yeah that was so pretty awesome well, that's yeah, pretty so, awesome so he made a uh that's the one thing right now. There's not really a bracket out there where you could mount the Newport vessel and a power pole together on a new canoe because we get that flat transom back. Yeah. Uh, without like the four bolt pattern that you see on most kayaks. So he made his own bracket and he put a micro power pole on there and it was voice activated. He'd say, Hey Siri, pull down and the power pole would go down. And you'd say, Hey Siri, power pole up and it would go up and uh and then it had the newport vessels motor on the back uh he had the new bioeno power 24 volt 50 amp battery which is super tiny and i need to get my hands on one and uh but the the whole voice activated oh and he had a radio too uh i forget if it was in the crate or where it was uh oh no it was just the siri pod uh yeah. that little siri i think they call it the apple ball or apple i forget it's what like it a is. sphere yeah yeah so he had the radio playing out of that but uh yeah it was super tricked out with some some technology and you know talking with those guys who uh, i mean fletch's build was definitely made for like fishing out of romel's like it was a build off dude we were just tricking these things out so i went you know balls to the wall and way overdid it he's like I wouldn't put this in my kayak. I'll be honest, <laughs> but like for a show thing, it was really cool. Um, and it was cool to be a part of that. And like, we did the walkthroughs, uh, showed the build offs. And then, uh, we did a show where, um, we talked about them and, uh, those guys were super respectful of each other and like commending each other on both their builds. And, uh, yeah. And then we announced that Romel won. So there was an awesome, Somebody was holding the mic in front of me, and I had both yeah. their hands, and then I announced it and raised Romel's hand. So there's a photo of that floating out there. But it was uh, it was a cool thing and something different like that we did for the show. And uh, I think it got a lot of uh, follows and likes. You know, obviously, both those guys are really well-known in the industry for building out kayaks and tricking them out and stuff. So um, it was super cool to see their takes on each of those builds for sure. Yeah, no, it was super cool to see that. And again, it's more of a, I don't know, like a, 
more like a fantasy kayak. Thing. Yeah, right. right, right yeah. <laughs> like that's something you would use for tournament fishing, but more like a party kayak. But it was cool, man. Like getting those creative juices out there and just kind of like pushing the envelope of what what's attainable. It's it was pretty cool. Oh, for sure. Like John Rapp was like, dude, that that Bluetooth radio that Fletch did, he's like, you should put that in your gear pod. Cause, uh, before the show we had fished Felsmere and I got like one of those little JBL Bluetooth speakers and I had it yeah. on my kayak and we were rolling back to the ramp and we had some like reggae tunes or something blasting and just having a good time, you know, jamming out to tunes while we were fishing. And, uh, you know, John was like, you should, you should put that in yours. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like my little speaker that I paid 40 bucks for does just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's a big investment. I saw a couple of uh, companies that I like that I wanted to talk to, talk to you about and kind of the audience. The one that um, I found was very interesting. It's called laid back. Um, and you can check out their products at www.laid backrack.com and just laid back just like you will lean back um and they have this kind of like a uh, milk crate you know whatever you want to call it yak pack whatever kind of thing you know um tackle box storage on the back of your kayak um they seem like um they're very on a short budget so they don't even have a social media right now that i can you know point you at but you, like i said you can check out their website uh i met uh, camp deberry and glenn deberry i'm assuming they're obviously related probably brothers um so anyways their um you know tackle storage system was very interesting it is high quality let me start with that um and i have a youtube video that's coming out on it it sits on you know it's it's meant to sit on um track mounts right um and it's very adjustable you know they can adjust the very ways they by the way they have a few models different sizes and all that um now not all kayaks have uh track mounts on the back so if yours doesn't have one you would have to install it uh a track mount to use it um but the main attraction to this there's a couple of things that stand out it it has a little lever that comes out to the front. So if you're going through skinny waters or low-hanging branches or low-hanging um, bridges, you can just lift the lever, push it back, and the rods that you have horizontal are going to lay back, not completely, that's going to fall out, but lay back a little bit more than 45 inch uh, degrees. And that way you can easily go through most, you know, low-hanging bridge or or you meant, ver you meant vertical not horizontal uh yes i meant vertical yeah, sorry Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> no no yes. no you're good so i thought that was interesting um a couple of things that i wasn't sure of is um the price the price for them i think the the big one was 250 and i think all of them even the small one was close to 200 dollars. the small one seemed great for skinny waters or small kayak like the Crescent um, or any small kayak uh, meant for skinny waters. And again, has that same fissure uh, that that you can just, you know, put the lay back the rods with easy peasy, just pull of a lever and that's it. Um, 
the material is covered in a cloth. So when I asked him, it's like, you know, just treble hooks and hooks. And he says, yeah, you know, you can get a couple of treble. You can get your hooks um, snagged into this. But the reason why they do it, it's because it doesn't, you know, make any noise. So everything is covered, you know, with that cloth. So kind of avoids making noise when you're taking tackle boxes, when you're covering, you know, doesn't have the lid is soft-sided cloth. So, yeah, that's kind of a give and take. You don't make a lot of noise, but I figured, you know, even though it's heavy-duty, um, soft-sided, um, it's still prone to get snagged, I'm sure, with some hooks. I get, I could see that, especially, like, if you're rotating your rods back at that, like, 45-degree yeah. angle and you're rotating it down and, you know, bait gets close to the case. But I, that's something uh, – I, I didn't see it directly, and I think you or Jimmy told me about it, and I'm pretty sure it was you. Um, and, and that's something I've talked about for a, a little bit with a couple of people. Like having that feature to be able to tilt it back on demand is huge for like those situations, like you talked about low lying trees going under bridges. Because uh, 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 fishing Gunnersville, Jimmy Skinner takes me to some spot where I have to like go through a culvert full of spiders and uh yeah i had to pull i had to pull all my rods out of my crate lay them down in front of me whereas if i could have you know tilted those all back like problem solved less messing around you know um in skinny waters like i got a little river here that i fish and um there's some trees on the banks that i can f- find myself floating into from time to time and, you know, rod tips getting hung up. So that tilt back feature is huge. I think you'll probably see some other companies like, you know, pick that concept up over time, you know, like yak attack, yak gadget, yak gear, things like that. Anybody that's making crates, but super clever idea. I, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I know. I love that idea. Again, it, it, they're a little pricey, but the quality of the material that seems a very, very good material. Um, and it's also meant for saltwater fishing as well. So they got it, you know, like powder coated and everything. Stainless steel. And all all that. Yeah. yeah. It's all that jazz. That's what cool. else did you, what else did you saw that you liked? I know you were busy doing the podcast. You did what, 18 podcasts? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 18. Damn, in four <laughs> days. Uh, crazy. Like three and a half. Three and a half days. Yeah. Props to yeah, you yeah, because uh, Tuesday, Tuesday I did mostly set up, and then we did, uh, I think it was two two or three in the evening. Um, man, I really didn't get to see much. Um, I, I did do a podcast with uh, my people over at Lakewood Products, and mm-hmm. uh, we got to showcase a uh, new release, and it's a case that I actually have, but it's smaller, and we talked about it previously previously on the podcast with them it's called uh the little sidekick and it's a cool little uh tackle box that you could put both 3600s in it's got their unique hanging system for like uh crank baits jerk baits stuff like that so you're not like putting all your crank baits in a 3700 box and then pulling them out and having to detangle all the treble hooks yeah they got this really cool hanging system and then there's like pockets for plastics there's spinnerbait hangers in there and stuff like that 
and it's this little case and you can actually stand on it so you can put it on the deck of your kayak and use it for sight fishing um and then the one really unique thing uh about it is that it floats um so it's got some uh foam material it is a fabric outside um but it's got a, a foam material underneath that fabric um so if you were to fall out of your kayak like somebody i know oh yeah and, we can talk about that <laughs> we can talk about that <laughs> but uh but if you were to fall out of your kayak like your gears floating it's not sinking to the bottom so that's why i really like it um that and the standing aspect uh for like sight fishing because i use their bigger case and it's the same concept um so that was really cool like i'm a i'm a big like gear management geek because half the time i'm so disorganized so anything that can make my life easier to keep myself organized like that's a huge thing so um yeah that was that was one cool thing i saw for sure that was yeah that was pretty cool um yeah and i got to see that live show that you did with them um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Spike It. I met with Will Wilds. Um, now, for those who are not familiar, Spike It is kind of like that um, garlic scented ink um, that you kind of dip the tails of your, you know, of your soft plastics and you use it to keep that color and that scent to it. I personally am a huge advocate of that. I I think they, they make a big difference. Uh, anybody follows my social media on instagram i posted that a little reel on that on uh, my uh tournament the hobie bos at toledo bend where i was struggling and i finally took a little uh craw and dipped it the tentacles in into that uh, red dye for spike and then immediately like the very first cast of a place that i was already casting like a few uh dozen times i next very next cast i catch a um, largemouth bass so i'm a i'm a huge believer in those products i think anybody that tries it knows that they do make a difference um and i mean whether it's the the scent or the color that they they highlight on your bait um it's pretty cool now i found out they have more stuff that i was really interested in so they also have these markers where you can draw like a line or a color on your hard plastic or even your soft plastic. And it's got the they, scent in it too, right? Yes, I think in so. Yes. Yeah. They also have like a little like, uh, I don't know, like a gel that you can like rub into uh, that has little sparkles in it and has, you know, horrible smell. I got to <laughs> smell that. I almost want to throw up. But that's what fish like. Um um, but the other one that I like is they have this die where you can take your Colorado blades or your willow blades from your um, spinners, dip them into that color, and you can exchange it. So to me, that saves you – that could potentially save you lots of money down the road if you're big into um, using spinner baits or even um, – or even uh, – bladed jigs you know you can dip sure. the, that bladed jig into that and they also do have like a little um cleanser that you can clean them out and bring them back to original color or chrome finish that most of them have i really liked it because again i can go ahead and i have like a little stock of like willow blades and colorado blades that i exchange now i can just if i find myself move from 
one body of water to the other, and now this body of water, this area of the lake or river is very stained, then I can dip that Colorado blade into a chartreuse or red or or black or whatever other colors they have. I think they have four or five different colors. Now you don't you can just dip and you don't have to worry about exchanging them, and then you can use that uh, cleaner to bring them back to the original chrome color. Um, if you decide you want to change it, so you can buy a whole bunch of them, have them pre-colored before you go into tournament, have them ready to go in case of uh, changing, you know, uh, visibility on lakes um, or rivers or wherever it is that you're fishing. Um, so they have a bunch of other stuff, um, and I was really impressed by it. I only knew them for their ink, you know, to kind of like dye your your soft plastic, but. They have a whole bunch of other products that I think it's cool because it saves you money down the road. So uh, John Graves, who's a – he used to be on Paddle and Finn with Brad Hicks doing yeah. the tournament recaps way back in the day. And he's got his own little podcast. But last year, um, I know he got hooked up with those folks. If you go back, I think it's on his Instagram or Facebook page – He's got some really cool posts where he did this, uh, what you were talking about with the markers drawn on plastics and like, and John's a very artistic dude. Um, If you've never met John Graves, like you definitely got to meet him uh, in person, but um, he's done a lot of cool stuff with the Spike It brand um, as far as like showing off like different ways to do things um if you're interested in that i would i would go back look up john graves on instagram and scroll back he's been doing stuff uh all year long like posting up like uh i I remember one he like i think it was a plastic swim bait i don't know if it was a kai tech or uh like a big joshy swim bait but he like drew like some uh patterns on there, scales things like that and like very very unique and it was a a cool easy way to take a real basic bait and flash it up a little bit and, and add that scent aspect to it right yeah. um so yeah that stuff is super cool man i got intrigued into that stuff uh this past year just seeing him posting pictures but i'm like you i i like the little bit of dye i got uh chartreuse and I think like orange craw or something like that or whatever it may be it's like an orangish red um for like dipping you know tails of senkos the pinchers on uh you know crayfish craw pattern baits and stuff like that and it's 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 a cool product yeah it is definitely um they also have and they actually gave me a free sample of that they also have this black marker so it, on your braided line and it really, what it's telling me now, I haven't tried it, but what it's telling me is that it really doesn't come off. So you can, um, um, if you you want to darken the the braided line, if you don't have a leader, you want to darken it, you can put it with that mark. It'll go like pitch black and it makes it less visible for bass, especially on stained water. So definitely check it out. Spike it. Um, I think, let me see. The website is www.ispikeit.com. Doesn't say if it has social media account on the business they, card. But they definitely, they definitely do have social medias. I think it's just spike it. Uh, if you type in spike it on Instagram or Facebook, it should pop up. Yeah, so that was really interesting. Anything else? I know you interviewed um, tight lines. I yeah. thought their anchors were pretty cool, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I remember them, uh, Brad. 
Brad Hicks and Josh yep. Aldridge originally had those guys on um, way back when, and I did a short podcast with them uh, down at the booth. Uh, we had been talking back and forth, and uh, yeah, man, that anchor is super cool. Um, it's fully collapsible. They kind of opened my eyes because, it, you know, if if you guys go look up their anchor, basically it's got four arms that fold down. Right. And for every photo you see of it, all four arms are folded out. And that's the way you would think you should use it. But like those guys mentioned, like, look, man, if you're fishing a rocky area and you're worried about getting hung up, why couldn't you just put one arm down? And I was like, holy smokes. Like, why didn't I think of that? You know, and, and it's it's so true. Right. And in the way like those arms are, um, they explained it really well. And for me from the Midwest, I'm in farm country, basically. He's like, if you look at it from a side profile, it looks like a plow that would plow the yep. fields. And I'm like, yeah, it does. And he's like, so what do you think that's going to do on a soft bottom? Plow itself into place when it starts getting drugged back. And I'm like, man, you guys got something here. Um, and then it's also got a, they got a breakaway system on it. So like, if you get hung up, there's a way to, to break it out of that spot. So you're not losing the anchor and, uh, it could be used in freshwater, saltwater. Uh, they use a stainless steel. So like, that's where part of the cost comes from is it's a super high quality material that it's actually made out of. Um, and, uh, it's, it's unique. Everybody I've talked to that has one has nothing but good things to say about it um, as far as like holding you in place, being able to get it out of some real sticky situations like, you know, rocks in the river, things like that, holds in moving water. Um, so it, it's a really good versatile company. Um, you know, they're based out of Canada. Uh, but, you know, like they said in that podcast, like you order from us, you'll get it in a week for sure. Um, they haven't had any real issues with shipping or customs or things like that. He's like, usually if I ship it, an anchor out, depending on where you are in the lower 48 states, you'll get it in a week or less. So um, super high quality, works really well. You got to think outside of the box. Like like the guy said, too, you could open one one arm on each side. So now it looks like your traditional boat anchor, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you want a little more grab or you're worried about the way it hits the bottom and grabs and things like that, or he's like, if you really want to make sure you're not going anywhere, just open all four and drop it down. Um, but the fact that they, they put some serious, serious thought into it. And it was a thing where, uh, a friend of theirs had asked him to build it. And, um, then other friends saw this anchor and were like, Hey, can you make one for me? Hey, can you make one for me? And then they were like, Hmm, maybe we got something here. And, and it was cool too, because they talked about it in that podcast. He's like, uh, we were at ICAST four years ago, right before COVID and people saw it. They thought it was cool. And he said, it seemed like a lot of people thought it was a cool idea, but they didn't see us sticking around. And then they came back this year after, you know, they released all the restrictions on, you know, the Canadian border and everything. Because yep. a lot of Canadians couldn't come into the States for a long time. And uh, they came back to ICAST this year. And a lot of people were like, 
you were here like four years ago, weren't you? And they were like, yep. And they're like, you guys are still doing this? And they're like, absolutely. Yeah, we keep growing and getting bigger and uh, bigger and better and, you know, making little changes and things like that to, uh, you know, get this anchor really dialed in. And now we're doing a big push and they're like, that's cool. I want to buy some, you know, uh, for some of the buyers that were walking around the show. Um, so it was really cool, man. They've, they've come from, uh, a little garage run business to now getting a lot bigger. No, it's a cool product. What I like about it the most, and for those that really don't have a visual on it, it's kind of like that umbrella style anchor that you see at Academy, uh, outdoors and ports, um, that it's kind of like, it has like four tentacles or four spoons, but yeah. it folds. It it's really very heavy for its size, and it kind of folds out a lot. This one is a lot higher quality. And what I love about it is it weighs a lot less, and that to me is a big issue because I see a lot of uh, anglers out there they want to do um, the anchor at the front of the kayak, especially in the new canoes. I saw it on the new canoe setup. Uh, yeah, which is yeah, a great idea, yep. especially when those big stable kayaks that you can fish 360 out of it. <clears throat> you kind of want to be, you know, ahead of the wind. Um, and it weighs, I think, three and a half pounds, which is not a big deal. I've seen Toledo bend. I, I, I have a friend of mine who flipped his kayak. And the first thing when I was looking at the YouTube video that he made out of it, um, he had an anchor on the front and anchor on the back. And I'm thinking on um, five-foot roller waves, that's not a good idea, especially yeah. the anchor on the front. And it it almost cost him a lot. Like he flipped his kayak. Thankfully, he was close to the shore and it was no worse for the wear. But on, you know, if that would have happened on, you know, offshore, that would have been a problem. But that thing is not going to weigh down your kayak. It's only three and a half pounds. So that's what I really liked about it. For sure. Um, it's definitely I, I a nice up, product. I pulled, pulled a picture of it up on yep. screen for those watching on YouTube and Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, it's super cool, man. And you can see there, that's a, a lot of beef in there for three and a half pounds for sure. Yeah. And another product that I saw that I liked, and I had a guest. I can't remember who it was. But I had a guest on the podcast talk about Cortland Braid. Um, and I was very impressed with Cortland Braid. I talked to the manager, marketing and product development, Brian Edwards. And you can check him out at www.courtlandline.com. That's C-O-R-T-L-A-N-D-L-I-N-E. Once again, www.courtlandline.com. Um, they are based out of New York. They have a silent braid line, and I thought it was pretty cool. I was skeptical at first, but we tried rubbing it on like five different surfaces, and that thing did not make noise, and that's not easy to find on braided line. That's one. I think that's the biggest thing that I liked about it. The other thing is, now I can't attest to this part because for to attest to this, I would have had to try it over certain period of time, but what they're telling me, and I'll take the word for it, the color on the braid is not going to fade out. Whatever color you bought, it was the black, uh, brown, stained, uh, green, whatever it is, that color is going to stay true for the life of the braid. Again, 
I that part I cannot attest because I have tried it. That's only after a few months using it, you can I can attest to that. But I'll take him for the word. What I do can attest is that it's really silent braid. So I'm definitely, definitely gonna reach out to them. You can order online. You don't have to wait to get to the store. I think you can order online. So I'm definitely ordering that online. Because nice. I I I use braid for everything other than my big swim bait rod. Everything else I have a braid, and if uh, for the most part, like on crankbaits and um, swim baits, I'll use a uh, um, small swim baits and crankbaits. I'll use you know a leader. Um, reason why I don't use it on my big swim bait is if you ever thrown a big swim bait and you got uh, uh, a backlash, you know that's on a braided line that thing's gonna break and you lost your. $150, $200 swim bait. So definitely not using that on a swim bait. But anything else, um, I would I just go straight braid with either a straight braid or fluorocarbon leader or monofilament leader if I'm using it for top water frogging. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty cool to see like all the advancements in, in fishing line. Like I know last year with P line, they they launched uh, a top water specific floating line. Um, which is was super cool last year. Um, I haven't used any yet. Uh, I do have a, a spool down in the garage because I'm I'm with P line and uh, I don't fish much top water to be honest. Like I, I went frogging this past weekend on Gunnersville with Jimmy and like had a blast. And I was like, it just isn't my jam anymore, <laughs> you know. But uh, um. Yeah, it's cool to see all these different companies doing cool stuff with braid and and just line in general. The fluorocarbons are getting thinner and stronger, and uh, the the quiet braid. Because uh, when I was on Gunnersville, I was punching uh, I was punching through some lily pads, and like you know, I could I could hear that braid like kind of rubbing, like that gritty not you know sound that you hear. Um, Whereas that smoothness of this Cortland line is is kind of unique for that feature. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. Other products that I saw, Livingston Lures. Um, I love their crankbaits because and their um, jerk baits because they don't have their traditional beads. And I didn't know the first time I bought a spook and a crankbait square bill from Livingston Lures. Um, I was brand new to fishing and sure. Uh, they were they work really well, especially the spook. I didn't know that instead of having just the beads to make noise, they actually have a recording. So it has a little small computer that's activated by motion, and it'll make the sounds of bait fish. And you can, when you order, you can decide which sound you want to use. Um, I don't know. I think it has like four or five different sounds. I think it's something like chat, spawning chat, or something like that, or. That's crazy. Deal. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that to me is pretty cool. I would now I've used Livingstone lures with great success. Um, I didn't know about that. I just figured, well, it makes you know a sound and that's it, and it'll track fish. But the fact that you actually can customize it with, I think it's four or five different sounds depending on the forage of your lake. You can customize your order, it says I want it with this sound or that sound that that's because that's what the bait fish that are or the bass feed on on my um lake or favorite waters then that i thought that was pretty pretty awesome and 
you should definitely check them out. Livingston Lures, um, their website is livingstonelures.com, and I'm sure they have a social media following. It's a pretty big company. It's pretty cool to see those technology advancements coming into the fishing world, you know, like now yeah. you got you got baits with recordings in them. When... So, yeah, no, the, the technology aspect of it. Also, Shimano with their, you know, microcomputer on the reels. I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, and that's not really new, but they kind of doubled down on that technology for their new reels that are coming up. Not cheap reels, though, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it everywhere, man. Uh, just just technology from from all different aspects, you know, uh, whether it be reels, uh, fish finders, baits, things like that, you know. And uh, another product that I wanted to talk about. So we, let's talk a little bit about the kayak. And this is where the fun is about to start. Um, I know that... On the kayak side of things, um, let me see. I got you twice here, so there we go. So on the kayak side of things, um, we there wasn't really a lot of new products. You know, it wasn't like when the Hobie came out with the 360 drive or anything like that. But there was a couple of new kayaks came out. Let's let's start with with our favorite experience here at ICAS, and the and that was me. Uh, demoing the Crescent Stoli. <laughs> so for those that don't I, know, I didn't get to see this. I just heard about it. So uh, I want to hear your side of this because, well, I think I, I think you did tell me about this because I was like, uh, oh, well, I told you about it. But yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, so did you. something interesting happen yesterday, Armando? <laughs> <laughs> so I tried different kayaks, and we'll talk about it, but. The one, the funniest one is I tried the Crescent Sholey. And Drew, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this, but I have to bring it up. So I tried the Crescent Sholey. First of all, let me talk about the great things about the Crescent Sholey. It is, it is handles very well. Um, it's fast and it's very customizable. High quality stuff. Drew Gregory did an amazing job with the design of this. And I'm sure other people were involved in the design of this as well. My biggest thing with the Crescent Kayak Sholey, and I had Drew Gregory on the podcast, I had Jeff Little on the podcast, super, superhuman athlete. So for him, this might have not been a problem. And I had uh, Scott Beach on the podcast. And they all, at different times, talked about the secondary stability on the kayak. Now, keep in mind, I had just demoed the uh, Jackson Knorr, which is probably, if not, one of the most stable kayaks out there. I also, my kayak is a PA-14, which is obviously a very, very stable kayak, especially compared to the Crescent Sholey. So I get on the water. I'm fine. I'm in love with this kayak. It moves fast. It's very agile. I love it. I can see why Drew Gregory loves it. So in the video, I'm saying, let's check out the stability on it. And I lean ever so to the left, and I just got that thing, first of all, secondary stability no it, that thing just threw me off and i wasn't even trying to hold on to the kayak at the point where i saw like i'm 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 about to just hit the drink let me just let go thinking let me not flip the kayak let me just get in the water the kayak still flipped it flipped way too easily in my opinion um but i redeemed myself for a few seconds there because i'm like everybody i can hear everybody laughing at you know, at keep in mind for those who are not familiar, ICAST 
on the first day on Tuesday has a pond, a huge pond in the front of it. Not a huge pond, a pretty big, long pond where you yeah. demo the kayaks. All right. It's That's from size. Yeah. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, so I hear everybody laughing. I was like, I have to redeem myself. So like a champion, you know, I get on the kayak. I flip it back right side up. I uh, push up myself to the kayak and made it to the kayak very effortlessly. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the laughter starts into cheering and applaud. And I stand on the kayak and I do a bow. I bow to the crowd saying, you know, hope you enjoy the entertainment. As I'm sitting down on the kayak, that's when it got tipsy and I fell off again. Like 30 seconds after getting in the kayak, I fell off again. Then the same thing is like, no, not a big deal. I just like, you know, flip the kayak. But, and this is key for those out there that love social media. This is why I don't like to use the chesty mount. But I did it for the sake of this video. Usually on my kayak, when I record, I have a, a camera on the front, camera on the back. But I don't really like a chesty mount just because you get tangled and everything. And sure enough, when I'm flipping the kayak, when I flip the kayak, I'm going to get on. The chesty mount gets caught somewhere in something in the kayak. And I couldn't get on for the life of me. And I would like try to get on something, pull me back down. I couldn't figure out what it was. At that point, I actually started getting tired. I was like, you know, screw it. Let's just, you know, count my losses and just, just paddle, you know, my feet to the fishing spot. And there, um, that bass fishing dude, um, Brandon Mace, go follow him, that it's bass fishing dude. The guy, is, the guy is a monster. He's seven foot tall. He grabbed me out of the water like nothing. That wasn't drowning on everything. I was just like, you know, let me just paddle the kayak, you know, hang on to the kayak and just paddle my feet to the fishing ramp, which was like five feet away from where I was anyways. So he just grabbed me with two hands and just lifted me up like, 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 like a napkin. It's just like, and I was like, dude, you, you are strong as an ox, my friend. This this guy that's seven feet tall. Um, so it was funny. Everybody laughed. Um, Jimmy didn't see it. I told Jimmy the story. Next thing I know, half of, ICAST find out about this thanks to Blabbermouth Jimmy. I ran into Ryan Lunch Money Lambert, aka Chris. And there's a story that I'm not going to say, but for those that know, his name was actually Chris during that week, um, but I can't say why. Um, so I tell the story. By the next day, the other half of ICAST was telling me, oh, Ryan Lambert told me about it. He's actually looking for anybody who has video. He's willing to pay to have <laughs> video so he can put it on the KBN page. And I'm not going to lie. As soon as that happened, my first thing is I don't want I, – I hope and pray that nobody took a video. And if they did that, they didn't put it on the KBN group page. Oh, man. So if you have – if you're an ICAST and you have a video of me flipping the Sholy Crescent um, – Whatever Ryan Lambert is offering you, I will double it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, sounds like you could profit off of Armando right now if you got some <laughs> video footage. <laughs> well, no, I, I was gonna ask you because when you told me that story, were you wearing a PFD? Oh no, yeah, I've always wear a PFD. And they asked okay, me, Do you want to wear a PFD? And I'm like, No, yeah, sure. Well, I wasn't sure if they had them down there for people demoing boats, and like you know, you bring up a good point, right? Like that happened in a demo pool where there was hundreds yeah. of people around you. Now imagine yeah. if you were a mile off 
the shore in the middle of a lake by yourself and and had that issue right like that's why we wear pfds man it's it's a good lesson uh or or a good thing that how should i word this it's a it's a thing that happened and it was a godsend that you were okay you had your pfd there was people around but it goes to show you like that could have been a horrible situation down the road you know like you said you don't normally wear that around your chest and i'm sure you got hung up on like the handle or something like that but you know i wanted to point out too right like when you were talking about all those guys that uh talked about the stability of the sholey if you look at them they all weigh under 200 pounds and they're superb athletes like jeff little jeff little is tall but yeah yeah, yeah. but he's a he's a tarzan well and that's the thing too right like Drew Gregory could tell you it's a stable boat, but Drew Gregory weighs a hundred pounds soaking wet. So like him talking about stability, like, and this is the way I look at it, you know, because I'm a big dude, right? Like him talking about stability to me means absolutely nothing. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm two Drews in one. (laughs) So, so what stable is to him and what stable is to me is like two completely different things. Right. So I like, somebody that's looking for a kayak just keep that in mind like like i i always love when people are like did you see christine fisher standing on the front hatch of her hobie pa14 yeah sure well christine weighs 100 pounds like she is tall but yeah yeah yeah, right right but you get what i'm saying like you know what i mean like you could do some pretty unique things if you're half the weight of me but yeah um something to keep in mind when you're when you're looking at kayaks and things like that you know what i mean yeah, and stability is is something that again, when Jeff Little is a tall man, he's taller than me, but yes, he is. Yes, he's he's Jeff Little before he was a kayak fisherman. He's a whitewater um, yeah. kayak uh, um, kayak guy. So you know he's a superb athlete. His core strength is probably in the one percentile, you know, yeah, right. compared to to the rest of humanity. So you know. When they talk, like I said, it's not that it's not stable. Just keep in mind, if you're not, if you don't have a superb, superb athletic ability or, um, you know, core muscle, you know, balance, this may not be the kayak for you. And I've actually had a guest on the podcast that came up second place on a tournament and first time using the Sholey, and he flipped on the Sholey. He was yeah. telling me, he says, yeah, no, I flipped on that thing. So it's not, I. this is not a kayak that... This is kayak that is strictly for what it's called, the Sholey. For yeah, moving small, water. skinny, shallow waters. You do not want to use this kayak. Um, we, and again, all due respects to Drew, Jeff Little, and Scott Butcher, who, I'm, like I said, high quality, great design. But it is what it is. It's not a kayak. Yeah. If you're looking for a kayak that you can use on big water, big water. and skinny water, this is not it. <laughs> you yeah. are strictly fishing skinny water with this thing. Well, that goes back to what we've yep. always preached, right? Demo, 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 demo. Yeah. It's like buying a car. Take it for a ride before you buy it. Otherwise, yep. you might regret it and end up falling out of it twice in the front of hundreds of people. <laughs> the other kayak, then, yeah, and that was fun. Uh, hopefully, there's no video coming up. The other kayak that, um, that I uh, tried, um, and it, I wasn't really impressed by it, but there are some good things to talk about. It's the Jackson Noir. And Dustin Nichols, if you're listening, I know he's big on the Jackson Noir. He's on Jackson team. I was a little bit disappointed about that kayak. And I'll, I'll tell you what I did like about it. 
Yeah, they, I, I'm curious what what you were disappointed into because I I looked at it. It was the first time I saw it. I used to be on the Jackson team. You saw it, but have you gotten on that Jackson kayak? I I haven't got on the water with it. I'm super familiar with Jackson kayaks. I used to be on the Jackson kayak team, and um, I got to look at it in their booth. Uh, there was definitely some things I liked about it, um, but there was also some things I was like, really. Um, you know, the one thing I liked is they finally listened to 85% of their team and, and did like the internal rod storage, just yes. like the Hobie, um, which was a huge improvement for them. Um, the seat, I wasn't really impressed with because they kind of could have been more comfortable, I think, uh, just by looking at it. Um, it is a bigger boat. Um, I'm sure they had every intention on competing with Hobie with this boat. Yeah, um, they redesigned the drive, um, and it's supposed to be like the smoothest drive ever, and it and it's belt driven, right? And I walked over to it, and I spun the pedals once, and I'm like, "There's no difference. It's still that real stiff, gritty drive." Um, I, I wasn't impressed at all, like. I thought it'd be buttery smooth. Like you walk over to a new canoe with a pivot drive with the belt drive and uh, it's super smooth, but I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a fan of the pivot drive. I think it's under ratioed. So like, it feels like when I pedal the pivot drive, like, yeah, pedal super smooth, but it's like a mountain bike, right? Or a road bike where you have it in a super low gear to go uphill, but like your feet are moving, but you feel like you're going nowhere. That's yeah. how I feel with the pivot drive. I'm on the new canoe team. I'll be the first person to tell you that, right? Um, whereas on the Jackson drive, it just seemed like real, like rigid when you when you went to pedal it. And um, it did seem quieter than the old drive, but it just still had a lot of like, um, I, I, I don't know like a lot of tension on it, right? Like it, like it would take a lot of effort to pedal it. Yeah. Um, I know you told me you didn't, it, it was really hard for you to get used to that circular motion um, because you're used to the Hobie with the back and forth. Right. And yep. I can attest to that because um, I actually fished an event out of Susie Roloff's Hobie one year um, because that's when I was in a Jackson uh, blue sky and they didn't accept it in the tournament trail. So yeah. Susie's like, I'll give you a Hobie. And like, I remember I got in that thing and I'm like trying to spin my yeah. feet and I'm like, this doesn't work. What, what am I doing wrong? Um, but it's, it's just like that muscle memory thing. Right. Yeah. But, um, how, how f did you feel it went pretty quick on the water? Um, cause Jackson's always been really good at like designing hulls, so to speak for, for like speed and stability. Yeah. Um, and I know you mentioned it was a super stable boat. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say like, I, and I've said this before, like I felt like when I was in a Hobie, it wasn't stable. And again, that's my opinion. Um, I, you know, I was in a Jackson big rig in a, in a blue sky and, uh, you know, I'm in a freaking unlimited. So it's a super wide boat and whatever. Um, but I just didn't feel comfortable in that hobie and i think it was because i didn't trust the secondary stability so to speak um so i'm curious from you like being in a pa all the time like how do you, you do you feel it was more stable than that but 
how did you think it was speed-wise pedaling it? Okay, so compared to, the, like you said, this is the competition for the PA-14. Um, mm -hmm. It felt a lot more stable than the PA-14. Okay. The PA-14 has stability, but it really does have a lot of secondary stability. I can attest yeah, to right, that. You right, know, right. it can feel steepsy, yeah. but it'll it'll straighten it, out. Yeah, you know? and, that, and yeah. I think that's just it. Like when I was in a PA-14, I just – I think I didn't trust that secondary yeah. stability. Um, and I, I know a ton of Hobie guys, and they're like, dude, you just – gotta trust the boat and yeah and i didn't and that's that's my fault right like it was a boat i'd never been in and i had hundreds of or i should say thousands of dollars worth of gear in it um so you know that was the kind of thing that like you know threw me off and i didn't really feel like flipping the boat by trusting it so to speak because i was fishing some deeper water but continue i'm sorry no the jackson nar does have I mean, I haven't tried every kayak. I know the big rig has amazing stability. Um, sure. The Old Town Sportsman has amazing stability. Mm -hmm. I think it's compared to the Old Town Sportsman. I think it actually might be a little bit more stable than the Old Town Sportsman. So okay. I was really impressed with the stability. It, the whole design has, you know, the bottom of the hole has Jack's, Eric Jackson's um, DNA printed all over it, which okay. means it's fast and it's agile. You sure. know, that's Eric Jackson is, you know, godfather of, in, in the United States of like um, whitewater fishing and all that sure. and adventure uh, kayaks, um, not whitewater fishing, whitewater kayak. Um, but anyways, um, it it moves fast. It is very stable. I love the horizontal rod storage. I love that it is made very customizable. So you can really customize it. You got the rails going all the way from the back to the front and you can sure. really customize it however you dream of customizing i love those three things about the jackson nor okay what i didn't like the pedal drive i'm sorry it's trash it is absolute trash that thing was so squeaky that even the jackson nar uh the jackson representative there told me so aside from the huge squeaking sound, what did you like about the pedal? He even mentioned it before I mentioned it. It was super squeaky, and that could have been just that boat. It could have been just that one because it's a demo. Maybe it's gone through the ringers. But, hey, if if you have a kayak, you're buying a kayak, and you're going to put it to the ringer, and if that's going to be squeaking like a month later after you buy it, then no. Well, it's in that that that's been the thing with jackson drives forever right like you would have to pack them full of grease and they would run buttery smooth but over time like that grease would wear out and i'm talking like not that long of a time like i used to shoot my jackson drive full of grease once a month just to keep it running smooth um but with this new belt drive part i thought it was going to eliminate nope. all that and it seems like it hasn't and that's the thing too right like and i'm not trying to knock jackson in any way dude like they made a badass boat i'm friends with a lot of people on their team um they're the ogs of kayak fishing along with wilderness systems right like um but they had an opportunity to knock it out of the park and i think they got 80 percent there and like kind of failed on that last 20% to, to, to really hit a home run. And, 
you know that was a thing right like i think a lot of people were skeptical on that new drive and they were like i don't know we'll see so anyways uh brian is having some technical difficulties we've been trying all this episode to um go back and forth and get it fixed but anyways just to wrap it up it is getting kind of late uh, especially for Brian, who has to <laughs> doing all these episodes every time he got caught out. So, anyways, the Jackson Nar wasn't really impressed by it um, about their drive. Everything else was pretty cool, but the drive to me was too squeaky. Um, it was herky jerky. I felt winded after just like five minutes. And keep in mind, I have a Hobie PA14, and I would be five, six, even eight hours on the water and go across 10 miles and not get as winded as I got just working this pedal drive for the Jackson NAR. Herky-jerky. Uh, it was just, I don't know, man. It's To me, I, I don't like to, um, you know, poop on anybody's parade, but it really does. They need to revamp and go back to the drawing board on that drive. That was not, and maybe it was just that model, but if it was, that's on them for using that specific demo for uh, people to try and review because it was bad. It was not a good drive. Other than that, um, the only other products that I'm going to go here on a tangent is the Trident. If you haven't seen the Trident, the Trident, it's supposed to be, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a quarter craft that is, in form of a trident, but it really looks like a spatula with a short handle. That's really, you know, to scrape like those spatulas, or I forgot the name of that tool, just kind of like scrape old paint before you repaint uh, your house. That's what kind of what it looks like. And the main thing about it is it has a paddle, but you don't paddle with your hand. That paddle has two like slipper style um um, things that you put your feet in. So you you slip into your feet into this kind of like slippers that are attached to the paddle, not pedal, to the paddle, and you paddle with your hand. I know it's kind of weird that I am keep emphasizing paddle, but I just want to make you, do you understand that it's not a pedal drive? It is a paddle, a hand paddle, but you put your slip your feet in it um, and it's you know it's low to to the um, to the hull of this trident, which again they should be called the spatula, and that's it. You just with, with your feet. It has it has ample room. It has some wheels, but a you're gonna need a special trailer for this. I don't think this is something that you can put on the back of your pickup truck. You're gonna need a utility trailer to haul this thing. Um, it's heavy. It is twenty five hundred dollars. And it doesn't have anything customizable. Like the whole the whole platform, there's no like um, rails, H-rails or any kind of rails where you can, you know, mount rod holders or tackle crate or anything. It's, it's just bare to the bone piece of whatever comp. I don't know if it's metal. I don't know what it's made of. And it's in its absolute atrocity. I don't know who made this, but whoever made this should just just drop it, man. It is it is garbage. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. And again, I hate to poop on somebody's parade, 
I'm sure whoever made this, whether it's a guy or girl, I'm sure it's a great person. I'm sure they have the best intentions, but this is not it. This product is junk, and you should just leave this product and try something different because it's not going to work. I can't see that going past a few weeks from now. But anyways, that's my tangent on that product. If you want to go check it out, I'm sure you can Google Trident. I lack the um, um how do I say this? I like the I lack the enthusiasm to go research online. So do your own research. Go Google it. Look for Trident or something. Whatever you want to think it is that it's called that website, but it's really a piece of atrocity um, that just needs to go away. But anyways, that's it for today. If you made it this far, please go check out the sponsor. Go to DouglasOutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of LOS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rod. Big thank you to Brian Schiller, who stayed up late on this Monday to bring this episode together and edit it. So, again, thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. If you're going to be on the water, Please wear your PFDs. You're going to have a couple of beers while you're on the water. Please drink responsible. Stay safe. Make sure you make it back to your loved one. Peace out and tight lines.